Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. This week's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. You're committed to being your best. You want more energy, better recovery, better sleep, longevity, and improved overall health. Maybe you've tried out a diet that you read about online and take a few supplements that you heard are important for runners. It's time to stop guessing and start improving. Inside Tracker is committed to helping you get there using science and technology. Inside Tracker's cutting-edge algorithmic engine will analyze your blood, nutrition, and lifestyle and guide you to your goals with actionable and personalized recommendations. Take advantage of Inside Tracker's best deal of the year with code Cheers for the Long Run. That's all one word. For $200 off the ultimate plan from now until December 3rd, only at InsideTracker.com. Again, cheers for the long run for $200 off ultimate from now until December 3rd. This week's podcast is with Keely Henninger. Keely is a trail runner living in Portland, Oregon, who runs for Nike Trail and works as a biomechanics researcher. In this episode, we talked about the journey and the ups and downs, as Keely experienced a pretty big injury in 2019 and then came back stronger with a refreshed and healthy perspective on training and life. We also talked about health and nutrition and the true definition of good health. This was a shorter episode as our coach David and his wife Megan and Addie showed up for a pre-North Face meetup, and hopefully we'll record another and longer episode in 2020. We packed a lot into this short one, though, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. I am here in Mill Valley, California with Keely Henninger. Keely, thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Of course. Let's start off with a tough one. Who is Keely? (laughs) Uh, are you going to answer that or am I? Uh, you are. <laughs> you are, Keely, I think. Um, yeah, I guess this is always an awkward question for me, but I am Keely and I run trails in my free time, I guess, but it's not my main gig. And I have an adorable dog that most people know me for instead of for myself. Her name's Jade. And I also work in a research lab studying biomechanics and physiology. So my life is absorbed in like how to optimize the body and push it to new extremes. And I like to do that on my own through trail running. Nice. And what do you do in all your free time? Uh, I trail run a lot in my free time. <laughs> so the pursuit of of excellence and the pursuit of performance is sort of your your passion and also what you do for work. Um, do you do you ever use yourself as a test subject for work, or is it mostly sort of what you're learning and then applying it to to training? Yeah, I'd say I'm never my own test subject at work, but I've been test subjects for other studies, as well as you can apply a lot of things that you learn at work to your own life. So 
um, yeah, I think it's really helpful working in this space and also being a competitive athlete because you see a lot of things that other people do or things that don't work that you know not to imply to your own training. For sure. So you're talking earlier about your um, entry into running and the fact that you're relatively new at it. Um, so let's talk about how you got into it. So how did you find out you were good at it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it was just the first race I did went pretty well. Um, but I didn't think I was very good at it, I don't think. Uh, I actually started running, doing a couple marathons, and then actually got asked to do a cross-country race. And I ran the same pace as my marathon, and I hated every step <laughs> of it. Um, so I was actually thought I was a pretty poor runner, and I didn't quite understand how to push myself past a certain level because I was so used to team sports and like it's not the same at all in running. You're you're just out there by yourself. Um, but I'd say, yeah, I guess I had some success after I started switching to trail and ultra, and. Uh, really enjoyed it. And so with a little bit of push from some of my peers and people I looked up to, I decided to pursue it, but I don't think I really thought I was very good at it initially. And what, how long ago was that? Um, that was in 2014 when I started or 2013 when I first ran my first ultra. Cool. Yeah. And so tomorrow you'll be racing 50 miles and doing it rather quickly. <laughs> so how did you get from that first marathon and the marathon was the first race you did mm -hmm. so how did you get from that first marathon to going longer and faster and and in mountains yeah i think it's been quite the journey but i think i just tend to gravitate towards trail racing and things that seem um, impossible to like the average person and i think i just really like pushing your body to these extremes because the human body is like super capable um, but yeah, I, I gravitated towards these crazy long endurance feats and then did a 50 mile my senior year of college in 2013 and then just kept training and pushing through and like really learning a lot about myself and learning how not to train and how to kind of train and then how not to train again. And, but always was driven towards the mountains. So in Colorado, when I moved there, I ran a ton with a lot of people there and all the mountains around there and was obviously driven towards running in the mountains. So I feel like as you just keep learning more about your training and your body and what really drives you, you just slowly get better at it and find out what works for you. And then you get to go run in really beautiful places and push yourself to new levels of extremes. So you talk about exploring these boundaries and like, that's a, that's an area that I find fascinating and the, the like reestablishing what's normal and not only what's normal, but like what's attainable. When you ran your when when you ran that first marathon, did you ever dream that you were going to be running fifty plus miles? No, I didn't even know those were type of races. <laughs> so, where does your head go when? Let's first start on the start line. What are you thinking about? Oof, on the start line, man, that's a tough one. Because um, a lot of people will say nothing. Yeah, I think about nothing. That's the clearest I've ever been. And then there are people that are thinking about everything and so where where are you on that spectrum yeah i think it'd be uh non-truthful of me to say i think about nothing because i'm definitely thinking about things but i don't think i really know what i'm thinking about i think you're kind of in the moment so you're very in tune with how you're feeling so whether that's nervous or excitement probably a little bit of both but really you're just dialing your your mind into race mode and how you want to feel during the race and what you know you're capable of so 
in most of my most successful races, my mindset going in has been very calm, but very confident. Mm -hmm. And so on that start line, I'm very in tune with my body and very confident of what I know I can do. And then you're just staying confident by knowing what you have to do to do that. So you're kind of planning out the whole race. Got it. So how do you break up a race like a 50 miler? Uh, definitely depends on the 50 mile, but some of them have very well-placed aid stations. So it's kind of easy, uh, to go 40 minutes and then another 40 minutes and then another 40 minutes and kind of break it up by each aid station. Um, I think if you know the course really well, I kind of like to truncate it in sections of the course. Um, in something like North Face, I think it's kind of fun to break it up by two hours of darkness and then five hours of raging and then whatever it takes to suffer to the finish line. Um, but you can also like, yeah, I think you can break it up by different parts of the race, you know, are coming. So where do you, where does your mind go when you're, you said, you said two things that I love, that I love the, the hours of raging and then the suffer fest. Mm-hmm. Let's first talk about the raging. We were talking about that before too. What, what is that? How do you define that? Yeah, I, I'd say it's like you're, you're finally able to let loose all this energy you've been holding on to for the past couple of weeks while you're tapering for this given race. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a race, but I'd say just anytime you're able to be doing what you love, surrounded by people that also love the same thing in a beautiful place, it's hard not to try to treat it like a rage. Like you should be so grateful and so excited to be out there. And you're doing what you love. So if you just stay positive the whole time and really happy, I've found that that's when you can break through your own potential and reach different levels because you're positive the entire time. And even when you come across something that really throws you or makes you go towards that negative hole for a little bit, you're able to come out of it because you have that positivity coming through already. So we both have the same coach, David, who is probably minutes away from showing up here and and Addie will be squealing with delight when when she walks in as well. Um, is what you just shared has that evolved over time? Have you always been like that? Has that been something you've learned through through working with David? Yeah, I'd say I was not like this at all my first couple years of trying to be a competitive trail or ultra runner because like I said I never did running, so I didn't know how to push myself. So I would reach a point in a race where I'd get to this negative spot and I didn't know how to push through it. So I had early success, but it was never like not mentally blocked success, if that makes sense. I was never fully pushing through. And so, yeah, I I think that David really helped me realize that you really have to do it for the right reasons. You have to be really happy you're out there and that positivity is going to trump any sort of negativity going into a race. So if you can just kind of harness that energy going in, you're going to just be a little bit more successful to for the race and as well as combating those demons that come during the race. So I'd say yes, 100% involved with David. I would not have gone there on my own. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these podcasts are um, a David Roche appreciation uh, oh, yeah. hours. <laughs> um, so where does your head go when you're deep in that suffer fest, what are you, what are you thinking at, you know, mile 45 when, when it's a race to the finish? Yeah. I'd say my most common thought is like, I suck at running. I hate running. Why the hell am I doing this? I should just stop right now. Why do I do this to myself? Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily a mile 45. It's definitely a couple times throughout a race when you have those 
faltering moments where you might not have eaten enough or you feel kind of crappy or someone passes you or you fall back a little bit. Um, so yeah, I feel like your, your mind just goes to a really dark place because let's be honest, it doesn't really want to be doing that. Right. It's You're a de- defense a mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes total sense. So, but it also makes total sense that you can push through that because it's a defense mechanism, but it's not because you can't do it. It's because it doesn't want to. So what do you think about limits and boundaries? Um, I mean, I think there are limits and boundaries to everything. There has to be. But I think that, yeah, if you're thinking of it from a, an ultra running perspective, that most people will reach their limit or boundary because of their mind and not necessarily because of a limitation of their body. So where, how do you, how do you push forward? How do you, you continue to reestablish that? mental limit what what are some of the things that you're doing in training that allow you to again go from that um marathon that you did at cross-country pace to you know being in one of the most competitive 50 mile fields you know ever yeah i mean i think it comes it's a lot from just like understanding what makes you happy so i think a lot of it stems just from your own life like not even running related so if you're just happy in your day-to-day life by doing what you love and like really understanding your body and your recovery and your mind and your passions and everything that makes you happy. Like, I think that really helps, but yeah, I think just pushing yourself in your training and knowing which workouts are really crucial to mimicking how you're going to feel on race day and knowing that, Hey, I can pull on this workout when I get to, you know, the mirror beach climb or, or if I'm at mile 45 and someone's gaining on me, like I can pull on this workout where I went to the hole and I still did it. I can pull on that and I'll know I can push. And what are you going to do after the race? <laughs> uh, I have an ocean roll with me from Bend, Oregon. It's like my favorite dessert snack ever. So I'll probably eat that right away. Nice. And then I'll probably lay in the sun. Because it looks like it's going to be It's going to be a beautiful day. Amazing. Yeah. And then I'll snuggle with my dog. Nice. I'm sure Jade will look forward to that. <laughs> so um, you've had an interesting year. This is, you were saying, your first your first race or first big race of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the injury recovery process. What, what was that like? I know that um, a lot of athletes struggle with being injured, struggle with coming back from injury, mm-hmm. um, and then look back and appreciate the lessons that they learned so what what are some of the lessons that that you learned from from earlier in the year yeah so I think luckily for me I was coming to terms with the injury before I was even injured and what I mean by that is I kind of knew I was pushing myself into this hole and I didn't really know how to get out of it and so once I was injured it was almost like a sense of relief and so my my like my hindsight was 2020 relatively early in the recovery process which was i think very helpful for my recovery and so yeah my first month i was actually 100 percent content not doing anything like i didn't do a spin bike i didn't swim i didn't go for i don't even know what else i would have done but i didn't really do anything and i was actually okay with it for once and instead i just focused on doing things that made me really happy and not doing anything that felt like i had to do it And I think sometimes that's really hard for endurance athletes is to take a step back and realize that like, there are things that make me happy that aren't my said sport. And yeah, it's kind of scary to think you might not be able to do your sport someday, but 
I think that's really important to the success of your sport is to realize that you're not necessarily defined by it and that you can find happiness doing other things. So I'm really grateful for my injury, but I think, yeah, I was a little lucky, at least from my perspective, that I got to see the hindsight early. And so I was able to have a really good month of reflection and like enjoyment not doing running. So what what were some of the things that, or or how did you sort of anticipate that coming? Yeah, uh, I think it's really hard for me to admit this to myself at first, but I think I was pushing myself so far and just ignoring all of my body's signs and my mental signs that I was overdoing it. Like I wasn't stoked for work anymore. I wasn't stoked with like my friends and relationships. I was not even excited to wake up and run. And I think deep down I knew that I was just like, I was stuck yeah. and I didn't know how to stop and like reflect and change habits. And so I think when I got injured, I was actually kind of refreshed because it was finally a reason like a for forced break. Yeah. So um, on the panel we did in San Francisco on Wednesday, a question was asked about like, what is good health? Mm-hmm. And EO Wang replied saying good health is when you, at the end of the day, when you wake up stoked. And and I've joked about like loving the Stoke meter as like the best subjective measure. But I think it's true. I think it's like very legitimate that if you if you're feeling not ready or not excited or whatever, uh, that's okay, but you gotta do something about it and you have to, you know, back off and let that let that fire come back. Uh, I think it's like really, really hard to actually do and it's hard to acknowledge, but when you can and do, I think that can be powerful and you can sort of catch yourself before. Um, So what will you do differently in the future to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah. I mean, I keep the stoke tank loaded. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of mindset, so I'll just stay more positive about everything, but really focusing on rest and recovery. Cause I think when your mindset starts to go sour is a result of being energy depleted so you're not recovering you're not sleeping well you're not eating well you're overtraining so i'll just keep that in mind as well um and then yeah if i find myself not wanting to do something repetitive days then i'll probably take a break off and by probably i mean hopefully (laughs) i mean it's like it's easier said than done sometimes right but i'd hope i'd i'd pay more notice to those telltale signs in the future but yeah i think just if you don't wake up every day stoked to do what you're doing then I think that's kind of it's kind of a tragedy in my mind. For yeah. sure. Can we talk about diet for a second? Sure. So we got connected initially from Goo, and mm-hmm. um, you you wrote a blog for them, basically with a line, "I ate a burger, and won some races." Can we talk about that? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a bold line on my part. <laughs> now thinking about it, but yeah, I was vegetarian for about seven years. Um, and looking back now, I think it initially started as a way to restrict different types of food from my diet, not in a healthy way. And it evolved to being a diet that I enjoyed and I didn't really like eating meat. So it worked for me. Um, I wasn't paying much attention to how to get the right kind of calories and nutrients through that diet. Um, so then once I started working with Inside Tracker and Goo, um, talking to the dietitians and nutritionists through those, um, I realized that I've always, ever since being vegetarian, my iron levels and ferritin levels were just plummeting, never coming back up, always going down and like just didn't feel like myself. Um, and so, yeah, we made some changes, but one of the bigger changes was I started eating meat 
And my ferritin actually went up from like a 12 to a 30 in a month, which I think is pretty crazy. Pretty substantial, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like I was doping. Yeah. No, obviously I wasn't. But yeah, it was like really awesome to see that. But I think what I didn't go into detail in that blog was that I, I mean, I did, but not as much and not as bold of a statement was that I changed the kind of food I was eating as well. So definitely cut down the processed foods, was focusing more on fats and protein. So my carbohydrate decreased significantly, but it was more just eating whole foods from the earth instead of anything processed that would spike that insulin response. And I think the combination of increasing my protein fats and then eating meat really helped my body process all of those nutrients and start building back up my iron levels and building back other levels and letting me reach a new potential that I didn't know was possible. And so, yeah, I think the meat was a good thing for me, but by no means do I preach this for other people because I think diets are super, super individualized. So it's like what works for me might not work for someone else. Exactly. I love the conversation we were having before around, you know, just how polarizing diet can be and, and, you know, people try and mimic what everyone else is doing. And that's the worst way to go about doing a diet or, you know, preaching your diet is the best. Um, and hopefully I get some feedback from people listening to this <laughs> on that statement. Um, but I, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, following somebody else's diet or what's working for somebody else is not successful, not sustainable, not, you know, not a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, you're also a prolific rest day bragger. Let's talk about some of your favorite rest day brags. <laughs> oh, man. One of my favorite rest day brags. Um, I mean, I always have a burger every single week. So that's definitely one of my favorite rest nice. day brags. But I take every single Monday off. And honestly, Mondays used to be crappy because like, man, who likes Mondays? You're right. going back to work after a weekend. But Monday is one of my favorite days of the week now because like I chill. I maybe use some recovery boots. I eat extra calories that day. I like maybe have sleep an extra in. Cup of coffee. I sleep a little longer, play like with my dog more, take some snuggles and like don't stress about anything because like in my mind that Monday is a crucial training day and like it's not meant to be filled with running. Right. Okay. So I, I'm now, I now think about Mondays in the same way, mm -hmm. but I used to be like allergic to rest days mm -hmm. and I want to know how did you get Again, how did you get to that? How did you get to where you are today with that? Yeah, uh, I think it took some coaching, obviously, by David, but also just a little bit of like swallowing my own pride because in my mind, taking a rest day meant like you were slacking and you weren't going to give it your all and like you were missing out. Not realizing that if you never give yourself a rest day, your body's just not going to be able to perform at its best. So yeah, I think it took some maturity on my end because I think as a runner, we always want to run. And that's what brings us the most joy. But I think a rest day is probably the most important day of the week. For sure. Um, what do you wish you knew now that you, I'm sorry, what do you wish you knew five years ago about running that you know now? Yeah, I wish that I knew that the most important thing in this whole journey is taking care of your body and not getting to the next race or running that extra 10 miles or pushing yourself past exhaustion. I think the most important thing I've realized is that I want to take care of my body and like be the most happy and healthy that I can be. And that doesn't necessarily mean 
doing all of the crazy races and pushing myself in all of these very unhealthy ways that I was doing back then. Where do you, where do you want to go in the next five to 10 years? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I mean, I would love to obviously continue to race. And I think as I get longer or sorry, get older and my career. I think we have a, an exciting intermission that we need to take right now. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.